This week on Deep Space Pride, a gay Star Trek podcast, we have a ton of things to talk about, including all the trailers that came out of New York Comic Con, as well as our visit to New York Comic Con. And then we have two episodes of Lower Decks to talk about, Cure All, Trust Nothing, and A Mathematically Perfect Redemption. Thanks for joining us. Mike. Hi, Johnson. How are you? I'm doing okay, despite it being a really crazy week. How are you doing? I am doing all right as well. Uh, but it's a shorter crazy week for me. You had to work on Monday. I did not. Oh, yes. I totally forgot that you had Monday off. You are so lucky. Uh, it was so nice. Uh, the long weekend was so great. None of my clients had Monday off, and we didn't have Monday off, so I don't know. What did you do on Monday? Uh, what did uh, Dennis and I took? Hamish, Dennis was off as well, uh, just on his regular, you know, whatever scheduled day. Schedule, off. Yeah. It, wasn't a, it wasn't a holiday for him. Uh, but we, yeah, we went for a walk. We took Hamish to the park. We had lunch in the park. So, yeah. Um, so a lot of outdoor time is that right yeah we had some yeah we had some outdoor time and uh i don't know i worked on a few other things i'm sure but yeah that was the highlight of the day really was uh you know doing stuff with dennis and hamish together so yeah that uh that was my that was your Monday. Yeah, that was my holiday. And um, that was my Monday. And then, you know, after we went to Comic-Con on Friday, and then I just oh my God. basically hibernated for two days after that. Well, so. you were really making the most of that ticket. Like, you were there for a while. And you I went was. to Paramount Plus after party, apparently. Yes, uh, I went to the Paramount Plus after party. Uh, Wait, so you basically spent like a half a day without me there. So you're going to have to, why don't we start with what we did and then pick up with where you, where I left you. (laughs) I was like, where Where, I left you. Where you abandoned me. Yes. Correct. Yes. And Um, what you did the rest of the day. So we got to Comic-Con at like 10 a.m. or so. I was like, why must it be this way? But sure. Yes. I took Friday off. I did too. I, which was fine. I was worried about emails because they kept on coming in, but we got there around 10. Uh, so we were there around opening, I suppose. And yeah, we were there for it, was, uh, it was hectic. It was crazy. We went to the, what was it? The Nacelle company. Right. We went to the what Nacelle the- company panel, which started uh, like around 1045. They were great. I mean, it was a very sad panel. It was there were like twenty people there. No, I I wouldn't say that that's a sad panel. No, there were there were more Um, like thirty or forty people. It wasn't a panelist to participants was pretty stark. 
well, I, there were like I six don't panelists and like 20 participants. You're looking at it as a mathematical thing. I'm looking at it as they were excited to be there. They gave us a lot of great information on what's coming out. Oh my God, I was bored out of my mind. I was like so bored. You're easily bored. Unless there's like an action sequence on stage, you would be bored. Oh my God. Um, so but boring. these guys are, you know, these guys are, you know, great. They're putting out a lot of great content. Uh, for those of you who don't know, the Nacelle company has done things from the toys that uh, made me. Is it the toys made that made us? Me? Made <laughs> I us. don't even know the name of the series. All right. It's been forever. <laughs> chill out. Mm, uh, the chill. movies that made us. And they also did, they they were the ones that did Gates McFadden's podcast, which they let us know that she's doing a second season. I did not see the video of her announcing the second season, uh, like they said was going to come out, but I, I wasn't actively looking for it. But, you know, she she did a great podcast. She had all basically all of the people from Next Generation uh, during the pandemic. Uh, and it was a great investigates is what it's called. And then they shared a bunch of stuff about, uh, you know, upcoming books that they, they put out these books. They do some very niche toys. Um, they're doing a lot. They have more documentaries coming out, one on the Fast and the Furious. So they're a pretty pro- prolific company for the most part. And they do a lot of Star Trek stuff, including they're supporting this, uh, this guy, Ed Gross, I want to say his name was. Um, who wrote the two volumes of uh, the 50-year mission, kind of the, um, what do they call it? Like the the oral history of Star Trek. And so he's doing right, more right. oral mm-hmm. history, um, which I'm kind of interested in, like the oral history of Stargate, because that was a, also a favorite um, of mine when that was on. Um, but he's also doing it, one on Star Trek Three. And it's like he hasn't even written some of these and they're already announcing it. So this guy really like is prolific because he can put out quite, you know, he's talking about three or four of these huge volumes a year. And that's quite a quite a writing undertaking. So I thought it was really interesting. A lot of great information. Uh, They have a toy store show on Amazon, which I have not checked out, which I kind of want to check. Oh, yeah. Um, What's it called? um i don't i took a picture of it um i should look at that uh but yeah it was uh i thought it was a great panel i thought you know the the energy that these guys had there was great um here it is and i always say you know i always talk about the panels being sad in terms of participants because i feel bad for the panelists because they do a lot you can tell they do a lot of work it's a big presentation they put a lot of time and energy into it and then there's like 20 people there and I don't, I personally didn't really feel much energy in the room either. It wasn't like the 20 people there were like, yeah. I mean, you have to think about like, you know, you being up there and it's like you feed off the energy of the people that are there. And it's kind of sad if there aren't that many people. And I've worked with a lot of indie production studios to know that it can be very discouraging. I've, it's more like coming out of a place where I feel bad for them versus like, oh yeah, you know, whatever. It's more like, I, you know, I, I feel bad. <laughs> than anything else I, I i get that i mean all right the the name of this toy store 
show is a toy store near you and they're oh, already okay. up to season five uh which is going to launch on amazon in at Thanksgiving. yeah i was in five seasons uh, already goodness yeah so uh, yeah i want to go check that out um yeah no i get that piece of it but i also i also come from it like out of the perspective of a thousand true fans uh which is uh this idea that um if you have a thousand true fans who will buy almost anything from you, like you're, you, that makes you pretty successful. So um, the fact that they get to, you know, see, you know, I, I think there was more like 50 people in the, the room. I mean, the room was meant to hold like probably several hundred, maybe two or 300 people. So it, you Not know, people are pretty spread maybe out. 200. Like I was thinking one to 200. Yeah, there were like probably 20, 30 people there. It was like probably 30. I was I wasn't quite 20. But, it was um, like um, but whatever. That's the other thing. Yeah. I was bored. I was on the dating apps the whole time. <laughs> but well, there I, you go. So you weren't bored. You either you're bored with the dating apps or whatever, but you weren't paying attention to the content. That's totally I was fine. listening. I saw that I saw that they talked about the Fast and Furious. I don't care about Fast and Furious, I don't care about toy stores. I don't care about any of the shit that George talking about. This is the problem. So other than like the investigates podcast, I was like, oh, season two, that was the only thing I cared about. And I was like, that's interesting. That could have been an email versus a one hour meeting. Okay. Um, this but, wasn't a meeting. It was a panel. It was yeah. a lot of, you know, I don't know. I, you know, I, I like those. Cause if I, you know, I'm only uh, a little bit interested in in what they do, you know, some of their stuff, like not all their stuff, but I didn't know that they did this toy store thing. I, I think that'd be fascinating because there's some toy stores in New York that are that are on their list. Uh, so that interests me. Yeah, uh, I think but, it was just like the wrong, I'm the wrong audience because I don't care about toys. I don't care about collectibles. Yes. Um, there's so many. Well, things we should back up and say that I basically dragged you here. I mean, you I, didn't drag me. I, go. I picked the. T- I picked up the tickets. I. Uh, I was like, "You're coming with me," so I wouldn't have to go by myself. And uh, yes, it was. You were clinging to me as we were walking through. The- yes, I was. That was funny. I like that because I we we couldn't get separated from each other. It had to be constant line of sight, and uh, <laughs> we also need to be connected. I need to barnacle onto you, so so anyway so it started out there but then we went to the showroom floor Mm -hmm. uh it was great to you know i i don't know to see all this stuff i mean most 99 percent of it is not stuff that i'm gonna buy or i'm interested in but it was great to see this showroom floor full and you got some uh, lego miniatures i i got some lego minifigures yes uh yeah so that i mean that was basically my purchase while i was there was that um, you didn't get anything else? I don't think so. Oh, okay. That was pretty much it. But um, yeah. I mean, the highlight uh, for me was meeting up with Yvette from Sci-Fi Sisters. Like that was. Yes, of course. Yeah, that was a highlight of mine. I mean, I spent basically spent the rest of the day with her after yeah. she broke up from, from us to grab a bite to eat and, and handle some ticket stuff. Um, she texted me after you had abandoned me and, um, I was figuring out what my next steps were as to, I'd gone back to the floor after you left for a little while. And then I went, you know, what we missed, uh, and that might've been interesting to you is that there was a whole tabletop gaming, uh, 
portion yeah. that was down at the other end. Um, good. Well, you like games, so I do, but I don't need to be around other people that like games. No, I, I think like you could have found new games. Like I admit, you know, that's that's the thing. You know? Yeah, but so. then it's always cheaper on like Amazon or something like that. And then like there are like all these communities like boardgamegeek.com that are really huge into board games, which I'm like, no, thank you. I'm good. Oh, I mean, I didn't go. I didn't end up going down. I just saw it. I, I found it and I hung out. Were they like playing? Of it. Were they playing, or was it the? Or they? Just I couldn't really it. tell because it was down, and I was I I was just looking for a place to like look at them the panels and what like look at the rest of the day and see if there's anything else I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Um, on Did it, you, you go know, to another I, panel though. You went to like a panel like later. Yeah, I went to yeah, we went to a panel later. Uh, Yvette and I, but uh, yeah, as I was kind of hanging out, Yvette, which one was that again? Said we're uh, Geek Life Rules. So they um, they do this lot now that they're back to being live, but they do this sort of performance that's inspired by sci fi and other things, and it's sort of Broadway musical like singing, but also um, it's uh, it's definitely comic-con related in the sense that it's genres um things like that so it was it was very entertaining we ended up going out to the paramount party with them um yvette knows them all so or knows oh my a God. Bunch of them so this woman I, is know. so connected it's so funny she knows everybody yes, she is she is uh, very connected so yeah so you know, but before that, we, she and I just hung out and had a drink and chatted for like, I don't know, two hours. So we didn't, we, you know, wasn't anything because she wasn't there really to shop or look for anything. And, um, you know, I was just kind of, you know, I'd done everything that I kind of wanted to do. And so it was just mainly about seeing her and hanging out with her and um, um, no, that's cool. I'm glad that you guys got to spend time together. That's really nice. Yeah, it was um, fun. Where was the Paramount Plus party? It was actually two blocks away from where I live, which was bonus. Oh, bonus. Uh, so yeah, it was at uh at a yeah, not at a place on the west side, not very far away from me. Um yeah. It, 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 was it, it at was a hotel? Wolf like Focus. where was it? No, no, it's a venue. It's a venue. Um, okay. Yeah. Um and was there anyone that you like recognized at the party so it wasn't a no it wasn't um it wasn't a star trek party first of all it was a paramount party promoting they were promoting teen wolf their new movie like reboot movie or whatever on paramount plus Mm -hmm. so that was sort of that uh so i didn't really yeah i didn't see anybody that that's not true so it's part of the entertainment was the cast from teen wolf there I have no idea because I don't even know who they are. Um, no, but there was a bunch of like Star Trek people there, like are uh, not people like not famous people, just us basically. Although after I left, Rod Roddenberry showed up at the party, okay. so um, okay. So there, you know, he's probably the most famous uh, person. But while we were there, I did get to hear Ice T. Uh, do a rap on two raps on stage, which was pretty cool. And there were some other rappers. Cool. Uh, so yeah, uh, and uh, Yvette and I took uh, took a took a one gift. of those. Can't, yeah, yeah, a one gift. of those gift things. Yeah, yeah. gift booth. Yeah, gift booth. 
And uh, yeah, it was it was a good time. But by the end, uh, I think I left and went home at like 1130. And I was like done. And um, right. so it was just uh, over the weekend, it was just Hamish and I because Dennis was working. So yeah, we we went out for walks, but then we just pretty much hung out at home and yeah, rest. So recharged. Yeah, I was yeah. done at like four and I was like, see you later. Yeah. No, I mean, it, yeah, there, you know, unfortunately it wasn't Star Trek Day, uh, which would, right. would have been a lot of fun to be in the room and, and see that. But so we did oh, on Saturday. We, I did watch as did you the Star Trek panel. Oh, yes. Yes. Which, we uh, watched it. I was watching it, too. And we were yeah. live slacking about it. Yes, we were. Um, as was the the network. So yes, yeah. Um, so that would have that would have been really cool to be in the room for, especially the last part, which was the Picard uh, season three, which is essentially the next generation cast. Um, right. So that was yeah. I actually thought that that panel, that whole panel was run really well. It was, uh, it was interesting. It was relevant. I thought the, the, the guy who did the, the hosting of the panel did a really great job. Um, so yeah, it was really, really cool. And we got to see a preview of like a teaser trailer for Discovery. Yeah. I mean, we got trailers for all three, basically, for Discovery, Prodigy, and Picard. So let's start out with the Discovery panel, right? So yeah. Wilson and Anthony were both there, uh, along with Rod Roddenberry, Alex Kurtzman, and um, I can't remember her name. Uh, the executive producer for, for Discovery. Michelle Paradise. Thank you. Uh, you're much better at these names. Um, you tell Paradise all the time. Yes, I know. I couldn't think of it. I could see her face. I could not remember her name. Okay. I'm sorry, Michelle. I apologize. Sorry, right, Michelle. I do not have the vacuous knowledge that my co-host has on names. And so they were there, and Sinequa beamed in from Toronto because she was up. So the wee hours in the morning recording. Yeah, so, filming. Uh, filming. That's right. We're recording. They're filming. Uh, so, yeah. And she she beamed him from the bridge, which I thought was really cool. So they set it all up on the on the bridge of the Discovery, which I thought was pretty cool. Was it the uh, actual bridge or was it yes. like green screen? No, like I, it was okay. not a green screen. It was the yeah, actual bridge. The actual she was bridge. in her captain's chair. Yeah. Which I was kind of hoping that we'd see a refit of the bridge a little bit or, you know, make it a little more, I don't know, something different. But anyway. Yeah. Um, so we got a teaser trailer for Discovery. Yeah. Right. Um, and a little bit of a description of what this season's going to be about. It was what like kind of the we- same. It wasn't like a, it was the same um, kind of rundown that they gave us on Star Trek Day. They were, they were after some mystery something or other and there's a race to get it <laughs> whatever whatever yeah and so we they you know announced some new characters some new actors joining the cast yes um they left some things vague like very vague with uh with david ajala 
like what's going on with him and well he was in the trailer uh, so he's back and um i mean basically everyone everyone was there yes i mean i thought that this i i did not like this panel um i thought that it was it, it to me it really feels more of the same um, obviously, it's a panel and it's very PR led. So they, of course, they need to talk about how amazing it is. We've never done this before. It's like all the same shit. Like to me, it's just like it was nothing new. The trailer, I was just like, it's it feels like, you know, action packed, but at the same time, very empty. Like I, I just felt it was the same shit. Um and I was saying to you, I like, did not. I disagree. I, I did and not. This is my like feeling. This. this is my feeling. I'm sure a lot of people will disagree. Um, part of this, but because I'm just so over discovery, and I'm like, and we were talking on the side and uh, over Slack, and you know, like I think someone was joking, like, oh, at least there isn't like a, you know, a galaxy level threat. And I'm like, honestly, there probably will be. Like, let's be real. And then even Bill agreed that, like, there probably will be a galaxy level threat, you know, a threat to all existence. Like, because, like, it's some sort of, like, you know, hidden power they're going after. And I'm sure once you're, like, talking about some sort of hidden power, hidden civilization, there's some, like, galaxy level shit there to happen. It's it's going to happen. And then they're like, oh, yeah, this season's going to be fun. I'm like, oh, my God. It's just like, will it be fun? You know, I'm just very jaded about Discovery. And I was saying to you, like, honestly, I'm okay if they were to cancel the show and move the money over to Strange New Worlds because that's such a better show. Enjoy so much more. And, you know, like, they just, like, go back to the same well. Like, it's it's really, like, I'm not expecting anything new. Um, So I feel they say the same thing year after year. We've never done it before. It's going to be, like, it's going to blow your mind. Action doesn't stop, whatever, whatever. You know, it's all like just like PR buzz and jargon. I just I like, can't stand it. But sorry, say your piece. <laughs> <laughs> no, you Obviously, know, you felt I, different. well, I, I, you know, I, I hear you when they say those same things. I just kind of give it a, a little bit of the benefit of the doubt. And and granted, I did not really love a lot of season four of discovery uh i certainly didn't love uh what's his face and i'm glad he's dead arca. right he died yes what is it arca, arca. yeah I, i'm over him and i'm glad the universe is over him um but uh yeah but uh, you know what I, I the way that i look at panels yes there's some of that but it's also to just see the enthusiasm that the 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 cast has for the fans, um, sure. that yeah, sort of thing. Yeah, I'm nothing against you know? the cast, but at the same time, these like panels sometimes it's just like they need to be fed like what they can can't say. And there's so yeah, many I mean, there, you know, around it, you know, yeah, that's part there of the problem. Is. Yeah, I mean, the one there, yeah, it is very PR driven. It's meant to hype up the upcoming season. Obviously, you never see like you never see panels that happen after the season, right? It, just the timing never works out. Maybe someday it'll be like, you know, the season will end and the next week will be first contact day or the season will end and it'll be Star Trek day when they actually can like talk about everything. But yeah, I, you know, I, I just enjoy seeing the cast. Uh, clearly this cast, and I, and I think, you know, Strange New Worlds is the same way. They all do. All these casts really love each other. 
Sure. And it's such a camaraderie. And I just love to see that. And, you know, um, I, I don't want to, you know, the other big thing is obviously that, you know, having a black woman captain in charge of discovery, I think it's a, it's a monumental deal. And, and sure, but that uh, doesn't automatically make that a good show. Like, you know, no, no, like, no, no. I know. I mean, it still comes down to the writing, but I, I, you know, everyone has different tastes about what's good writing, what's bad writing, you know, yeah, all those but I, I, I'm personally not like, oh, just because like, oh, it's like very like, you know, DEI oriented. You know, there are a lot of shows nowadays that are groundbreaking that way, which I think is great. But that doesn't necessarily, in my mind, get Star Trek or not, give it like a pass. Like, you know, like, oh, it's automatically good or anything like that. Like, I think give credit where credit is due, sure. But I do think that any TV show or movie should still be seen critically. And at the end of the day, if entertainment's not good, it's not good. Sure. Yeah. And, and you know what I think to some extent, I don't, I don't know what the makeup of the writer's room is at this point for discovery, but you know, my, my hope would that be that there is some new blood coming into yes, the, the writing need, room. Like, new writers. I don't know. You know, I, I feel that they need yeah. like to freshen it up or something. Yeah. Yeah. So we don't, we don't know the, the makeup of the, the writer's room, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm always willing to give benefit of the doubt up until you know the episodes air and then we can certainly discuss like how we feel about the episodes and whether they're sure. i mean they're i'm still gonna watch not. it don't get me wrong yes. yeah yes it's still happening yeah, yeah it's just it i would i you know i i agree on the sense that it's you know i'm not i'm not eagerly anticipating discovery season five like i am strange new world season two Sure, sure, like, sure. please put that on television right now for Strange New World season two, please. Um, and, and you know, we we still have lots more to talk about. And I here we are getting bogged down with discovery, but I think that that's a great we place. We always to put argue it. about discovery. We always do. Yes. Yeah. Um, yes, our listeners, if you go back during the run of Strange New Worlds, you'll hear an entirely different show. Oh, yeah, no, the, we both like that we, we both loved it. And so, yes, but this is what Discovery does to you and I. It mm-hmm. brings out this uh, back and forth, which I, I guess is good. I don't know. Is it? But, um, but let's talk about Prodigy next because yes. Kate Mulgrew is there. Uh, a couple members of the cast. I know Brett, uh, this new character. I literally or, do not know any of the names of the cast members. I just uh, know Brett's first name. I can't think of his last name right Brett? now. Um, Brett is Dal. Okay. Um, and then uh, we have a new, we had a new cast member uh, who is there, who is... Um, a little more risque, I would say. <laughs> oh, wait, is she new? She's new, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, so okay. she's coming up in this next block. I don't know when or what character she's playing exactly. Yeah, she was um but... she, I she was like like cursing on this panel, and I was like, yes. I don't know if this is appropriate for this kids' show, but sure. Yeah, I mean, uh, this is yeah, the last I, time I'm gonna like curse. I'm like, okay, thanks for the warning. Yeah, right. But uh, what did we we said? Did we saw we saw a trailer? 
we did, did see a trailer. trailer. We we saw a trailer for Prodigy, which yeah, is great. There's a new trailer. It gave yeah. us uh, more of a look. Um, I really like Prodigy. You and I had the pleasure of getting. I I, I haven't watched more than one episode of season one, part two. Let's call it. I suppose. But we did get the pleasure of getting a screener from Paramount Plus for the first five episodes of season one, part two. I watched I watched episode 11. I don't want to call it episode one, episode 11. And I really liked it. It's a great show. It's, yeah, it's really, it's a, really good. It's a great show. And that's all it's we really can, strong. Yeah. And that's yeah, all we yeah. can say about it right now. Yeah. No, so. no, no. I wasn't going to go into the plot, <laughs> but I was just going to say, you know, I really love and enjoy Kate Mulgrew. Like she's so, yes. she has such a presence. I, I've said this again and again, especially when we saw her uh, in Chicago, but, and that was again, the first time I saw her on a panel, but she has just such gravitas and humor and she's just, you can tell that she, she's wise and she, she really has passion. You know, like I just like I love all these things about her and, um, yeah, and she has enthusiasm for Star Trek, you know, like in a way that I don't necessarily think that she had when she was on Voyager. Um, but, you know, years down the line, I feel that she's just found this new this new appreciation for the franchise and just her enthusiasm for it was um, real. I think the way in, in which her enthusiasm has grown is really remarkable. Um, but the most notable thing on that particular panel was part of the Q&A where someone was like, hey... Alice Kurtzman, are you going to bring Janeway back in live action? And then, you know, he kind of like, Janeway, you know, Janeway, Kate Mulgrew was like, yeah, what's going on? And uh, Alice Kurtzman was kind of put on the spot. He was like, there have been talks. And I'm like, what does that mean? Like, that could have been a conversation in the bathroom. <laughs> like, you know, like, what are, what are, what does that mean? But I would love to see Janeway come back um, IRL. So. Yeah, I would, I would too. And I, um, I think, I think they, if they can find the right way to do that, they will. Uh, so it, maybe it's not in the current slate of shows. Maybe it's in the next show that's coming out, which we still don't have any idea. Oh yeah. No, I would, re- yeah, no, I would definitely expect it to be in a new series. I would say, I mean, like maybe there might be a, I'm trying to think if there'd be a conflict, the card cameo. I don't say why there couldn't be, but other than that, I'm sure. Yeah, I, yeah, she could do she could do a Picard cameo that certainly would make sense. Yeah, yeah, uh, that makes sense. So maybe, maybe you know. So I mean, the the other thing too is that the way that they played it off, and it, it, you know, I, I I think that's a fair bet to say that she's probably in. She probably has a cameo in. Picard season three. And yeah. I say that based upon how quiet the next generation crew was before it was officially announced that they were coming back. You would never have known it was. Oh yeah. No, that was a complete shock. Yeah. It was completely hidden. And so I think that this is another, but the way that he put it is an idea has been tossed around, I think was the quote or something like that. An idea is being tossed around or, something like that so i think it was even more ambiguous i think literally it was like we can go back it was i think it was like conversations have been had or something yeah yeah so so yeah so i mean it's uh you know we didn't see will wheaton coming back for picard season two so i think that oh you mean season two his his, uh, cameo yeah yeah 
yeah. So I think that it's definitely something. And then they could feed off of that for like a Titan series or whatever that may be, oh. in, mm-hmm. you know, the next step. So, so yeah, I, I, I have my, my level of appreciation for and admiration of Kate Mulgrew has increased over the last couple of years for sure. Voyager yeah. is not my favorite series. Sure. Um, you know, I do enjoy some of the episodes. I, you know, I mm-hmm. there was there's a lot to it that I like or can tolerate, and then there's a lot that is just tolerate. Um, <laughs> so it is not my go-to show, but everything that she's done for Prodigy has been amazing. Uh, just her energy and her, her enthusiasm. And I think she's yeah. also come to realize over the last several years how many people she's inspired. Yeah. No, I think yeah. for her, there's a sense of legacy, right? Like it's yes. it's what she's leaving behind. And it's something special, you know? And I really appreciate that. And yeah, the rest of the cast is also very enthusiastic. So that helps too. And yeah. and it's a great show. So that definitely helps. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, we'll uh we'll see what happens. Yeah. So uh, I yeah, I think I think that that's a if Las Vegas had bets on things popping up to Star Trek, uh I would I'd probably lay some money down on Kate Mulgrew showing up in Picard season three. Just oh yeah. Thing, I would say that if makes I the most sense. It has a bet. I would say Janeway will show up and Kira will show up in Picard Ooh. season three. Oh, yeah. Kira. Oh, there's been some hints about DS9 as well. Oh, sweet. Yeah, so well, that'd be cool. Um, we'll have more to talk about DS9 shortly. But uh, so... And one thing to- I will say in, a, in um, relation to Prodigy is the Murph plushies <laughs> were all there on saturday and of course we were not able to be there to get any murph plushies yes. hopefully the kids get, uh, yeah. will appreciate murph we're able to get plushies i don't think i would have won a plushie i it's more like i would like the option of having a plushie but i wouldn't actually want the plushie but that being that- said they made it happen finally about time. yeah um i am quickly just uh Googling Murph plushie to see on eBay. On eBay. Uh, it is not. Um, oh, that's well, surprising, actually. I, I Murph, Mur- oh, it did Murphy plushie. See, autocorrect. Um, but uh, yeah, I, you know, I hope not. But um, yeah, I don't see it right, right away. Okay. I could, I could be spelling it wrong. I. I probably oh and it did the uh, never mind this is just ridiculous anyway what so what, yes what we happened? we all of the um it keeps on auto correcting I don't know why uh, let's see oh there it is yes it is on eBay for ninety dollars or seventy one dollars okay. uh, there are okay. two of them on uh, eBay so uh, there you go not surprised. Um, no, it's not surprising, but hopefully they landed in the hands of many happy kids. Because I know. I hope so. As, as we learned in Chicago, Murph is the most popular character on that show for for the kids who 
this show is actually targeted to. So anyway, yeah, $90 or best offer, $10 shipping. Yeah. Yep. There we go. That's the top one. Yeah. So anyway, so there's Prodigy. And now we move on to um, Picard. Another, Picard. Yes. Yes. Another, another show that we have differing opinions on, but. Well, no, I think both of us have, um, per our, I think the conversation that we had last in the last episode, I, I have high hopes for Picard season three. Yes. Even though yes, I did yes, not yes. like season, I think we disagree on the, what our takeaways were on seasons one and two. Yes. Occasionally. Yes. But yes, we did. That's what I was referring to. Yes. But yes. Um, so, um, yeah, oh, no, this was a lot. There was a lot on this panel other than obviously the entire TNG cast being there, which was wonderful. It was nice that they were all there and you can feel the energy. And I think it would have been cool to be in the room and yes. kind of feel that excitement. That would have been neat, I think. Yeah. But the trailer had a lot that we finally got a lot more information about um, at least the villains that makes me the the villains piece of it makes me a little bit um, hesitant because there are three villains. There's I don't know her name. Sorry, the the main whoever the main villain is the female. Yeah, sure. uh, then we have Lore, and we have Moriarty, and it's like okay, like it's a lot of bad guys in one season, and yeah. whenever shows do that, whenever they like have too many bad guys i'm always like oh it makes me always a little worried because some shows do this and it becomes a little bit fragmented like in in terms of their motivations and it's like it's there you know lore, you can have a whole season just with lore honestly like you know you don't need moriarty apparently moriarty uh i think trek movie did a interview with the actor i don't remember his name but he's just in like one episode oh yeah i'm yeah. like i don't i don't think I don't think that we're going to see any. Uh, yeah, I, I did not think that that was going to be a season long arc. Yeah, it was just interesting. I, I just don't know. You know, obviously, we haven't seen it yet. Don't know the context, but it's like almost like why? I mean, like other than a little bit of fan service, it's like why? Um, because I feel it like would detract from whatever else is going on. I don't know. We'll see. Right. We'll and see we, how they we do, all fits. Do you know that it sort of starts out with Beverly being in trouble? Right. So we yes, do. We get, we get that sort much. of, that's sort of the impetus or the beginning. It looks like. Um, and then it kind of goes on from there and we get this new villain. Plus we, you know, then, you know, the, the very end of the trailer, we see lore. And the only reason we know it's lore is because Jordy says lore. Oh, my God. I have no idea. I was like, who is this? I like, yeah. which character is this? Um, yeah, if Jordy didn't say that it was lore, I would have no clue. So I'm glad we got a little bit of help there. Yeah, you know, going back, just talking briefly about lore for a second. I actually thought that he was going to turn out to be the villain in season one, which I thought would have made a lot of sense. Oh, that would have made total sense. That would have made um, a lot of sense for sure. So, uh, you know, that's sort of... Yeah, that was a lost uh, opportunity now that I think about it. Yeah, no, that Especially was Especially the whole, like, AIs are better. Like, you know, totally. That totally makes yeah. sense. Yeah, so, um, yeah. And, and, yeah, instead we got, yeah. you know, Picard becomes a golem. I was like, okay. <laughs> Thanks um well that, that's yeah 
Yes. And we got uh, a long lost brother of some some. Right. Right. Or whatever. Yeah. So yeah, I'm really on board for this. I think it's uh, it looks dark. Um it looks, you know, it it looks no one's safe. I think we we got that impression. Sure. Um so I you know, I'm looking forward to this. I, I you know, I, I yeah. hope yeah, and you know, to jump ahead a little to what was said towards the end of the panel, you know, the cast would love to do a movie, another movie. So, and they all joke that there's now an open slot um, on the Paramount calendar. So no, that was... Uh, I didn't finish the panel. I got a little bored, but... Uh, no, I did. Yeah. So they, that but was... One of us finished it. Yeah. Because after so, a while, I was like, they couldn't say anything. It was just like... All right. Yeah. I mean, of course, you know, yeah, they, you can't, can't yeah, they can't say anything. And the only things that did, they did say were either already revealed in the trailer or they kind of repeated what they've already talked about in the past. So I was like, okay. Yeah. Um, no, it's so nice to see them all together. Um, hopefully it won't be the last, last time. It will be nice to get a cameo here and there. I wouldn't mind that. John from Frakes yeah. apparently tweeted, is it the final journey <laughs> or something like that? So yeah, I think you know, but he's so we'll still going to be involved in Star Trek from a directing perspective. Like you know, he's he's going to be around. Yes. but you know, this it'd be cool to see some of them pop up here and there. Yeah, assuming they survive. Uh, right, assuming they survive. So we, yeah, we don't know um, what's going to happen. So yeah, uh, so yeah, I enjoyed that panel the most. Uh, but I thought of it overall the whole thing was run really well and um i think i said to you or maybe to the group um that this was the star trek day panel that we should have gotten yeah so it would have been uh, uh, much better but i guess they were saving it for comic-con or something i don't know yeah i mean you know it is an additional month of prep time to to make you know trailers and things like that and you know, whatever, but, uh, yeah. Uh, and schedules and whatnot. So there is all that. Uh, and, and probably Comic-Con is a bigger, it's, uh, it's a bigger platform draw. than, right. Than Star yeah, Trek Day. So, so yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's, uh, that's pretty much it. I, I, I wish I had been in the room for it simply because of that last panel to see the next generation crew. Um, but Saw it online. It was still very good. And I'm looking forward to season three, uh, which is only four months away. So, yeah. Uh, I'm going to be 41 by that time, sadly. Yeah. Here we go. Sadly. Yes. Yeah. Um, Cool. Anything else to say about your Comic-Con or the Star Trek panels? Overall, I enjoyed my time at Comic-Con. Um, you say was, that like it's the question, and you've uh, had said the same thing to you. you. This is a question. Yes, it was a good time. I had a great time. Yeah, it was okay. I think that if there were more panels that I was interested in going to, that would have been interesting. I'm not too into. I think the show floor was cool. Um, some of the setups were very elaborate, and that was really cool to see. But, you know, I'm not really into, like, the products or the 
the swag and some some of it was almost like triggering. I was like, oh my God, there's so much stuff like for sale. Like this is like so much capitalism. So it was just like a lot. But some of the, again, some of the setups were very, some of like the, the pop-ups, I guess, were just very elaborate. And that was really cool. But yeah, I mean, they did. So the one thing that everyone should know, though, is New York Comic Con is much more comic led than like, like film and television led or, or it's yeah, there's more, a lot it's, of it's, comics and manga, like manga, anime, very heavy. Yeah, that's which is yeah, fine. It's that. Yeah, that's the nature of New York Comic Con versus San Diego Comic Con. They're two. They're two. Obviously, they're run, both run by Reed Pop. I'm pretty sure. Uh, mm-hmm. They are uh, the big names on either coast, but New York is definitely focused on comics and publishing a lot heavier than the television yeah, that makes side of it. Sense. Yeah, because San Diego Comic Con also has a lot of um, the game publishers. So like Nintendo and Sony, like they have pretty big presences at Comic-Con, at least San Diego Comic-Con. I didn't really see much of like, big gaming studios there either it was a lot of anime like a lot of anime a lot of manga yeah so and uh, yeah that's this is the market for it in the east Coast. And a lot of books so. a lot of publishers as well yeah just publish yes. in general yeah new york new york is the publishing capital of the world so yeah so all right yeah so all right so now shall we move on is there anything else we need to talk about no, I think that we covered everything when it comes to Comic-Con. We can move on to our discussion about two Lower Decks episodes. So why don't we start with Hear All, Trust Nothing. Quark! Sorry to interrupt. This is Captain Freeman of the Cerritos. She and her crew are here on important Starfleet duty. <sighs> you look radiant, Captain. <laughs> the pass. I love Starfleet. I do a lot of business in Federation space. Quark is our resident entrepreneur. I did expand my simple bar into 21 franchises across the Alpha Quadrant. And somehow I remain humble. What are you talking about? Can't people just replicate drinks? None of your outdated Starfleet replicators can make what I have to offer. My unique design gives our refreshments that special zing. I've been crafting them for years. So, Captain, do you think there's room at Starfleet Academy for a Quarks? Um, no. All right, Mike. So this was the big DS9 episode that was obviously teased in the season three trailer. Um, So we finally get a chance to visit DS9. We get to observe and admire the pylons, I suppose. Um, What did you think of this episode? I really love this episode. So I, I really did love the previous week's Reflections, I think. It, yes, that was, that uh, was still, full, Reflections yeah. is my favorite of the season so far. Yeah, this is a close... I would say this is tied just because of the whole DS9 piece of this. Sure. Um, you know, we get we do get a Gamma Quadrant baddie that we recognize from mm-hmm. Deep Space Nine, the series... Uh, we do get to see mm-hmm. Kira and um, Quark. We get right. to see Quarks. You know, it's just the music was. I, I I want the music from this episode. I mean, I'm sure it was re-recorded for this this particular episode, but mm-hmm. it was great. Mm-hmm. Um, I you know all of our characters had something to do. Uh, 
Tendi had a lot to know, do, including Captain Freeman. Yes, this was a this was another episode uh, highlighting Tendi. I think the most, although we get to see the personal side of um, Mariner and Jen. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of interesting. Also, I thought it was right on brand for her for Mariner to stay on the Cerritos instead of going to Deep Space Nine. Like, she, well, I think TSA for her is like been there, done that, right? So yes. she was stationed and there had bad experiences, right? You know, her, right. her she friend lost got one eaten. of her best friends <laughs> uh, eaten by a mon- yeah. So. Um, yeah, so I thought that was really on brand and letting the other the three new other three newbies kind of visit Deep Space Nine for the first time. And Rutherford's reaction was probably my favorite out of this whole show because he was just excited to see all the things on the promenade. He wanted to dangle his feet on the upper level mm-hmm. and uh, mentioned, you know, I just I want to talk to a um, young reporter, young journalist, or whatever. So- yeah. Yeah, young journalist. So I thought that was really cute. And then Tendi yells at him, no, we have to go. Like, she was so tired of this other Orion who was uh, from Cleveland, as we learned later on. Cincinnati? I've never been Cincinnati. Yes. Yeah. Oh, my um, God. That was funny. So, you know, I just really enjoyed it. I enjoyed all the Colonel Kira stuff. I enjoyed the Quark stuff. Um. I thought it was just great all around. Uh, I thought that the story was, you know, funny that Quark had taken technology and used it. And like, like now he's like, oddly enough, like the, the deal was 76% of his profits now go to the crema. So I thought that was a lot like bad job negotiating yeah, on Carol's part. Yeah. But, um, but anyway, I, I really enjoyed it. What did you think of it? Yeah, no, I, I liked it. Um, I didn't like it as much as Reflections, but obviously it was nice to visit DS9 again. I think that for me, it's... Um, I'm just trying to find the best way to articulate it. Well, first of all, I, I one thing I noticed is I, I felt that um, Kira and Quark didn't exactly sound the same. Like, they, it kind of threw me off a little bit. I don't know if you noticed it. I mean, they're, you know, they're both older now. Um, Quark, uh, Armin Shimmerman, he was apparently wearing the prosthetics, but they weren't exactly the same prosthetics or something like that. So he sounded a little bit different. It, it It's not a big deal, but it, like, kind of like, threw, it, it kind of like threw me off a little um, because their, their voices have aged. But then I think that the other thing about this episode that I was like, oh, you know, it's, it's like, it's, it's a, it's a frivolous stop by ds9 you know it's it's not like a lot of what we got on ds9 usually was very like mostly serious it was like you know there it was a lot of drama this is kind of just like you know a flat you know, it, there was a quick stop it was a pit stop um we got like a quick slice of um life on ds9 but it's not like we've gotten like much of a it, it's not like we got really like a substantial update on like what has Kira been doing? What has Quark been? I mean, Quark apparently has franchised. Um, good for him. But other than that, it, you know, we didn't really get much about like what has happened in the past. What? Like maybe at this point, six, seven years um, since we left them. I think it's five. I think it's five years. Is it five years? I think, OK, yeah, I think I heard somewhere it was five. 
okay. years. But yeah. So, you know, I, I wish like we got a little bit more. Obviously, we didn't get um, you know, Bashir might still be on the station. Um, Esri might still be on the station. So I'm just thinking, I think it's just two of them and then Kira and Cork. And it's fine. Now I'm not expecting like all everyone to show up, but it'd be nice to be like, what what's happened? What's been going on? You know, Carl Kira is now obviously in charge of the station, but it's not like she's really advanced in rank. Like, you know, she's still there. Um, it was nice to see them, but I don't think we got much in terms of like substance from the visit. Um, Quark has his shenanigans, you know, like, and of course he um, causes trouble, which is very Quark. But it would be nice to kind of just get like a drop, like how's Nog doing? Or how is, how is Julian and Ezra, you know, even though they didn't show up. Um, I would have loved to kind of just know, like, it, you know, what has happened on the station since we last saw everyone. That's all. You know, it, it's more that. Like, it was it was just a slice of life. It was, um, you know, sh- some shenanigans. Honestly, I think that Tendi had um, the most to do. And I, I liked her storyline the, uh, the most out of everyone's because she just, you know, she got to kick ass. Like, she we got to learn a little bit more about her as a character, and her kind of again, her her uh, ten, the tension that she has as an Orion, and her coming from a Orion Pyre family, the character growth. You know, that's I think that's usually what you and I usually go for, and I I love that like little the little snippets that we get about these characters. So it would be really nice to get a little bit of um, that that kind of um, update from our DSI characters versus you know they were kind of just there to provide more context to. The narrative and what's happening and you know and then there were like coincidences oh of course shacks knows gira and they like were in the resistance together and it was play for last but i was like okay that's convenient you know that you know they all they also know each other i, I really liked when shacks when they were approaching ds9 shacks was like growling at Cardass- the cardassian design of the station that was really good um, but otherwise, yeah, no, I, I, I don't know if I'm making sense, but it, it was just like, I kind of wanted like a little bit more. And I think that's why I kind of left the episode a little bit. Uh, it wasn't like disappointing. It was just like, oh, I, I wish there was more, you know? Yeah. I mean, one of the things that I noticed was that the, uh, the bridge or the ops was manned entirely by Bajorans. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought that that was really good. There is no other than the Orion Starfleet officer. Did we see much of any oh, other Starfleet I don't know. officers? I, don't have, I only watched really. it once, so not to take another look. So I didn't notice a lot yeah. of uh, Starfleet presence on the station. No. Yeah. No. So. Yeah, no, I, I thought it was a great episode. Uh, I rank it right up there next to Reflections, and uh, yeah, no, I agree. You know, it would have been nice, but I think again, this is you know. I mean, given it's like twenty-four minute episodes, like you know, like there's yeah. only so much they can fit in. I get it. Uh, so yeah. I think that I would basically I want Kira to come back. That's I think that's what I want. Kira and other DSN characters, and to give us an update as to what's going on in their lives, basically. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um. Anything else about here all trust nothing? I mean, like we, yeah, we talked a little bit about Mariner and her and Jen, and we didn't even talk about the slumber party that she was at. Obviously, that was not for her. The salon, 
the song, the song which yes. was very pretentious and it was a song uh, party, yeah yeah uh with poetry readings and we also got bold boimler a little bit more bold boimler really taking the risk at dabo but then at the end being like well money doesn't mean anything in the federation so i'll take your quark store credits or whatever it was so quark bucks quark bucks quark bucks yeah um so yeah cool anything else to say about this episode though you can cover most of it no uh another another visit to deep space nine is uh would be well appreciated i think oh yeah i would totally go for it all right so i guess we can transition onto the next episode a mathematically perfect redemption which i know is one of your favorites put this through to the captain we received a subspace communication an invitation that said these ships were scraps of junk for the taking and we would be met with no resistance if we hauled them away he's lying it came from a prissy little robot peanut butter Crazy. Uh, this guy is so full of it. Obviously, we recorded it. Anyway, those are the coordinates. The ships are all underground. Feel free to come on over and take whatever you want. Everyone here is a tree-kissing farmer. There won't be any pushback. Oh, <laughs> what? That doesn't even sound like me. My love, is this true? Ugh, okay, fine. I called the Drukmani here, but it was for a good cause. You guys didn't want these ships, and I needed a way to show Starfleet that I'm a hero so they would take me back. Now these old ships still worked. I mean, they were built by organics, people who make things out of straw. Yeah, what are the odds? But, but Peanut... Oh, my God, just shut the f*** up, Rauda. Grow a f***ing beak. I wasn't going to spend the rest of my very long robotic life on a freaking bird planet. <laughs> How could you? Oh, boy, here comes the waterworks. This guy cries at everything. He even cries after we do it. Wait, Peanut Hamper, you still have a chance to be a hero. Someone has to get onto that ship, and I think... I see where this is going, and no thanks. Get back here right now, Anton! That's an order! Smell you later! Oh, yeah, and I mean that literally, because y'all shit everywhere. All right, Mike, give us a download on this episode and your feelings and thoughts. I can, I can make... Make this really short. I did not like this episode. Uh-huh. Uh, there are two things that I liked in this episode. I liked the opening se- title sequence because it was a, just a different different opening, a little softer on the theme that I liked. And I liked when the Cerritos crew showed up. And even I, especially I liked when Jack was kind of interact like le- under attack as the first officer on the bridge running the ship because Captain Freeman was down on the planet. So, uh, yes, that would be about it. I hate peanut hamper. I it's a strong word do not, from you. It is, yes. No, I. in fact, today I, I wa- re-watched the Deep Space Nine episode. I refused to watch the peanut Why hamper episode again. Why do you have again. such a strong reaction to peanut hamper? I don't... Because she's not they, she it is not is not represent a good representative of Starfleet or the Federation. Like right. she's but she's just not but she in no way is supposed to be like in, in I think for all intents and purposes, she's kind of sure. being set up as a villain, right? Like she's 
um you know she's selfish yep. she she's a bully yep. um you know like she's all those things she's yeah. yeah she's it's just not a character that i'm they wasted 20 minutes on peanut hamper that they could have used in telling more telling having more adventures of the crew that we are here to see and have some growth for them. I did not need a love story between a bird and an exocom. I, you know, I didn't, you know, it just, I, I will never watch this episode again. I watched wow. it once when we got the, we got the screener uh-huh. and I hated it then. And I watched it when it came out last week, um, mainly because I had forgotten what it was about and just kind of tolerated it but i will never watch this episode again yes no more exocomp please 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 do mike mcmahon do not give us an episode where all of these bad robots try to take over the federation or do something like that let's leave them where let's leave them locked up at daystrom where Exocomp and Peanut Hamper and Agamus can just chat away and plot away. But did you not like not the Agamus character rate. either? Though, when, no, I, I didn't mind. I didn't mind him. It's Jeffrey Combs who plays him. So yeah, hey, because great. they're both very um, like megalomaniac, like AI yes. characters. Like I, I'm just curious because I feel was, like your reaction to Peanut Hamper is very similar to your reaction to Tarka. So I'm just trying to like understand what it is about these two characters to kind of set me off. Because I, I I think that they're antithetical to Star. Oh, but they're villains. To, they're or they're like I, I they're like complex characters. You can yeah. say, like Tarka was definitely I, I, complicated. I, like Tarka was not necessarily one dimensional. Like he was a villain, but you know you. Really no, and just, I hated him on all di- dimensions. Like seriously, I I really hated because I don't like bullies. Number one. I never will. I will never tolerate them as a character. I don't care what their backstory is. They don't get a buy from me. When they, when you're a bully, that's it. Like, done. Cut them off. Get rid of them. Die. I don't care what happens. Wow. Um, but peanut, peanut hamper is just, it's just not a, I mean, I, you know, it's just not my thing. I just do not like the character. She, you know, essentially Shax died because of her. Um, I get it that Shax came back, but that's not the point. Um, And I just don't, I don't see any value in the character. Yes, it's, I get it. It's a comedy, all those sorts of things. I just don't think it's funny. I I don't find it enjoyable. I don't find the character interesting. Yes, it's just one of those things where I am uh, completely disinterested in the feature of her. And please do not bring her back because I will write an angry email to Mike McMahon if they, if he ever brings her back. Um, I just do not like the character. I just don't. Yeah. Okay. Yep. I feel, I have a strong feeling that she's going to be back. I mean, the ending was totally a cliffhanger between her. It looks like she and Agamus are going to team up and have some th- some sort of follow up. Yep, and I will probably have this very same reaction to whatever episode that is, and curse Mike McMahon for doing that. And I like <laughs> Mike McMahon, but I do not have any interest in watching Peanut Hamper try to take over the world. No, 
give us more of our core characters doing create you know fun and crazy things and growing that's what i want to see do it in a humorous way great but these this particular secondary character is just you know it's not a foil. it's not a foil to anyone it's not you know it it's just uh yeah it's it's just yeah i just don't like it so well, if anything i think that you know okay so let me let me offer a counterpoint so I actually really like this episode. I know he did. Yeah, I, yes, yeah. Well, we I told you, this. but I haven't told our listeners. Yes, um, yes. I really like this episode a lot. Actually, it wasn't my favorite, but I really enjoyed it. I there, were, I was like laughing out loud in this episode, and this episode actually really reminded me of um, the Three Ships episode in last season because the focus was completely, the narrative structure was completely different from what we usually get in a Lower Decks episode. And 89% of the episode does not actually focus on our main characters. Um, and they kind of, they just come in the very end. So it is very, very similar. And it's similar in the fact that it just does something different. I'll give you that. It, well, no, three that's ships. Different, but it's also the focus isn't on our main characters. Like they literally, they no, literally and yes, it, like, it, you know, time yes. screen time. Right. But uh, at least with the three ships, it was, they were interconnected and that was, that was an interesting story. This but I feel is this, not an interesting okay, story. But, you, but this is subjective, right? You didn't think it was an interesting story. I actually thought it was pretty interesting. And it's also serving as a setup for a sequel. The, the, they're totally doing that. And I think of anything, like, Peanut Hamper is serving as a foil because she is so counter to what we usually would expect from a Starfleet officer um, that I think that's what kind of is, like, I think for better or for worse, is even the title, because like, the title is a mathematically perfect redemption, they're trying to subvert our expectations, right? We're expecting that Peanut Hamper might actually redeem herself, that she might actually on this journey be changed, right? We That was the red herring, right? That she, through this experience on Ariore, the planet, um, that she would become more Starfleet-like. So we were, it was totally like a psych, right? Just kidding. Like she is actually a megalomaniac and she's crazy and she's completely selfish. Um, I was actually listening to another podcast about this where they were talking a little bit about a quality of life, which was a TNG episode that first introduced the exocomps, I think in season three or four. Um, but really interesting enough in that particular episode, and when they talk about this, I was like, oh, that's totally true. Um, the exocomps were purely like a lot of the the um the actions that they took that made data realize that hey, they might be sentient, was they had this idea of self-preservation. Like they were they were trying to like, because like the scientists, I don't remember her name, the scientists are like sending them into it was like a drill. It was like an orbital drill or something. I don't remember the episode, but she was sending them in to like fix the core or something like that. They were having an overload and the Esocomp was refusing to do, to do the fix, but it was purely out of a sense of self-preservation because they knew that they couldn't fix the core and data was like, Hey, there might be something more here because if it was just a tool, they would just do what they're told. Right. And this got me thinking because I was just like, yeah, like, you know, do all exocomps actually, are they purely driven by self-preservation? Like, you know, is there something more to be said here about 
peanut hamper and why she is the way she is. Obviously, she's the only exocomp we've seen since a quality of life. But are all exocomps like so selfish that at the end of the day, they're, you know, that's purely what they're driven by. At the end of quality of life, we do get one exocomp sacrificing themselves for two other exocomps. Um, but still, they got me kind of thinking about like, you know, why did they make peanut hamper the way that she is, you know? So I thought that that was really interesting. Um, while I was kind of reflecting on like, you know, why is peanut hamper peanut hamper? But I also thought that peanut hamper was just really funny. Like I, you know, like this purely acerbic humor, like, you know, it was, it was crass. It was very timely. It was like, you know, very like everything, everything had a, she had a comment for everything. Like she had, um, a, she had like a clap back for everything. And I just thought it was really funny. Like there was like, like people would offer her like offerings and she was like, great, a dirty stick. What am I supposed to do with this? And that's like totally like my sense of like sarcasm and humor. I'm like, great. Like, thanks for nothing. You know, um, and that humor like totally resonated with me. Um, and she just literally had a clap back for every single thing. And it was like the constant, it was like, it was so fast. Um, and I really thought the actress did a really good job kind of with the pace and the tonality of this really potentially annoying character. Um, you know, I, you know, I think whether or not you like Peanut Hamper, I think that you have to give the actress a little bit of credit because she really captures the spirit of Peanut Hamper really well. Like, I think she did a really good job. Her just like, just um, her voice acting and again, the the pace in which she was like running the dialogue, it was just so spot on. And um, yeah, it, it, you know, I just, I really like this episode a lot. Um, so, and then also, like I mentioned this to you, but you don't know who he is. Like Rauda was played by Harry Shum Jr., who who was on Glee. I think he was also on this, like, um, I think it was not Lifetime. It was like another one of those like other shows. It was like Shadow Hunters, based upon like a fantasy series. Um, he's kind of cute, but I had no idea that he played Rauda. Um, so when I found that out, I was pleasantly surprised because I haven't seen him in a while. But I actually like this episode. So I was actually, I was surprised by how much you disliked it and how much you really hated it because I thought it had a lot of redeeming qualities. And at the end of the day, I, I do think for better or for worse, Lower Decks is one of those shows along the lines of Stranger Worlds where they will do something very experimental and it may not really have, like, it's very similar to that Strange New Worlds episode where they were stuck in this fantasy land and we didn't really get that much character growth across the board. We got, um, like, a, a little bit of character growth with, like, Dr. Mabenga. But otherwise, everyone forgot everything. You know, there really wasn't, like, a lot of, like, narrative or character momentum otherwise. Um, but it's, like, one of those episodes where it's almost like a throwaway, but then there's a little bit um, where I think that, Again, they're kind of trying something different. I really appreciate that they tried, you know, something new. And this was, again, I think this season's version of Three Ships. So anyway, yes, um, we have very differing opinions about this episode. But, you know, I personally really enjoyed it. And it was one of the episodes that really made me laugh out loud. Fair enough. I mean, it's funny to be on this side of the equation and have you defending an episode 
Yeah, uh, no, it's funny. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, so this uh, this uh, this podcast episode is giving our listeners everything from. <laughs> I know, I know. It's a roller from both sides. Uh, but, but yeah, I, I mean, I hear I hear what you're saying. It does not, you know, and it's no slight against the actress. Although, you know, I I just yeah, I, I it's just not a character I want to um, see again, really. Uh, but anyway, uh, and and it is based upon a quality of life episode uh, from season six. Actually. Oh, season six. Season- oh, wow. Yeah. That was an older episode. So wrong. Yeah, no, uh, no, I couldn't remember. So oh, I started wow. looking I through. Oh, wow. I think that was a, such a late episode. Yeah. So I I'm thought- going to go back and. Wow. I'm going to go back and watch that episode. I, it won't make me appreciate Peanut Hamper anymore, but. Uh, well, I think it helps in but, that uh, episode. The exocomps do not talk; they're all very silent. Sure, so. sure, sure. Yeah, but I, I want I want to see the origin. I've never, even after seeing Peanut Hamper at the you know at the end of season one, uh, I do I never went back and watched this episode. So maybe I'll try to watch it this oh, weekend. Oh yeah, or something. it was like a yeah, it was a good episode. It was like a episode. It was a data episode, obviously, and it had like a little bit of hints of like a measure of a man. You know, like, are these alive? You know, what is life? You know, things like that. So it's a good episode. It's, it's not like the best episode, but it is a good episode. You know, well, I think um, that does it for these two episodes of Lower Decks. As a reminder to all our listeners, we are we have moved recently to a bi-weekly cadence of podcast episode releases. So the next episode would have us reviewing episodes eight and nine is that right yeah eight and nine so we'll um yeah we will yeah. uh and then we'll have to see what we want to do maybe we can do one episode that covers the because the lower decks finale and the prodigy premiere is on the same day so i don't know we'll have to figure it out but uh yeah we'll yeah we'll get there and episode 100 is in two weeks so in two weeks that. right right so yeah, there is that as well. Mike, so, are we going to do some sort of giveaway? Yeah, I have stuff to give away. So we'll, I guess we'll announce that on episode 100. And, oh, okay. Uh, okay. Yeah. Kind of do that. Cool. All right. Well, Mike, do you want to talk a little bit about our sponsor? Absolutely. So Fansets is the presenting sponsor of the Trek Geeks Podcast Network and Deep Space Pride and... Head on over to fansets.com. Check out all the pins this month. Uh, so this month we've got the Discovery Section 31 Deltas, both Magnet and uh, Pin. And we also have another release in the Women of Trek. This time it's Captain Rachel Garrett of the Enterprise C. So those are the two latest pins. They follow the Confederation pins from earlier, what, last month and uh rafi musiker woman of trek pin so lots of and plus there's lots of other great pins to check out at fansets and if you put more than 30 dollars in your cart you're going to get free shipping in the u.s and if you use the code trek geeks all one word you're going to get 10 percent off your order and we want to thank fansets for being our sponsor uh presenting sponsor of 
DJ Spride and the Truck Geeks Podcast Network. Thanks, Vincents. Cool. Well, you can also reach us on social media. We would love to hear from all of you. Uh, you can reach us on Twitter and Instagram at Deep Space Pride. And you can also reach us via email at deepspacepride at gmail.com. And one or both of us will do our best to get back to you. Cool. There we go. There we go. Episode right. 99 in the can. 99 in the can. We have more episodes than Enterprise. We, there we probably go. have more episodes than Enterprise. Absolutely. So, all right. Well, uh, thanks everybody for listening. Uh, this was an extra long episode because we had a lot to catch up on, a lot of news and stuff. But uh, yeah, we'll be back in two weeks with our 100th episode. So we hope you come back and join us then. Cool. Bye, everyone. Bye. Deep Space Pride is a production of Coconut Media Works. Executive producers Bill Smith and Dan Davidson. For more great Star Trek discussion, discover the other shows of the Trek Geeks podcast network at trekgeeks.com or find us in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. Coconut!